Hello, good people of the world. I am Alfonso Robinson. Welcome to Relationship Real Talk, Live the Life's podcast. And I'm Ashley Albertson. And for over 20 years, we've been dedicated to strengthening marriages and families through relationship education. For more information about us, you can visit us at livethelife.org. And we hope you enjoy today's podcast. And welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to be uh, interviewing William. He is the executive pastor at Downtown Community Church. And he's also a husband and a father who's actually expecting his third child. hey Um, So, William, you are really, really good at relationships. I think anyone who knows you knows that. Um, And I've actually had the privilege of working with you and seeing firsthand how direct and effective you are, but also how genuinely you care about the people you manage. So that doesn't just happen by accident. It's a purposeful thing that you have to try and do. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah. Wow. Heck of an introduction there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so you're asking me, how do I, how have I kind of managed like relationships, growing relationships? Well, as an Enneagram two, uh, now I'm just kidding. Honestly, I mean, we, me too. <laughs> we won't go, we won't go too deep in the Enneagram today, but, um, man, I don't know. I, like from a young age, I've always been like passionate about relationships and individuals, people. Um, I, uh, so it's something that I realize doesn't come naturally for everybody. Um, but, uh, I'd say for me pretty early on, it kind of came pretty naturally, but at the same time, like, you know, as you get older, um, you know, you have to be more intentional about your relationships. And so one of my like lifelong goals has always been, you know, I, there's a group of guys that I've been friends with since high school. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be like, I want to be friends with them my whole life. You know, I kind of, I remember at some point in college, kind of like, looking around and kind of, you know, talking to my parents or talking to other people and like, oh yeah, like we used to be friends with them and things happen, life happens, whatever. Um, but I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I want to be the person that's like, you know, connected with, with even just my friends, right. For 50, 60 years, you know, we, we talk about that with marriage, right. And like, mm-hmm. of course we all want to have healthy marriages and want to be with our spouse for our whole life as long as we can. But, um, do we also apply that to friendships and relationships? Um, and so even though, you know, two of those guys don't live here in town, um, we're constantly texting, make sure I call them once a week. So things like that. That's awesome. And I'm just going to throw you like a curveball. You brought up Enneagram, so I'm going to just oh, go with it. But so as an Enneagram too, you're really good at the love, obviously. If you know hmm. anything about Enneagram, we're really good lovers. But how do you balance that with, being a manager and being a leader in your mm. church, like how, how did you find that balance of you're really good at relationships, but also you got to be really good at having boundaries? Yeah. Yeah. That's super hard. So, okay. I'll, uh, it's probably a longer answer than you're expecting, but I'll oh, kind of walk you through it. So, um, as Ashley said, I'm the executive pastor at downtown community church and, uh, Ben Kemper is lead pastor there. Uh, I was kind of, Ashley was part of it as well, kind of helped launch in the church uh, about eight years ago, um, which is kind of hard to believe. It's crazy, yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of early on, it was just volunteering, helping out, you know, worship leaders, so leading worship and uh, naturally just kind of getting more involved. Well, eventually he came on staff full time and I was the only staff member for years. And so um, it was like, I did it all. I put the slides in, I'd, you know, send out the emails, I'd, um, you know, whatever cleaned, whatever needed to get done. Right. right? As it's like, uh, let's make sure it it happens. So, 
um, for years, that was my role. And I'm naturally a get stuff done kind of guy. So I love checklists. I love completing checklists. Um, speaking your love language, right? Yeah. Like getting yeah. things done. And, uh, you know, I, that's just kind of how I operate. Well, eventually we had to transition as we grew and our, and we needed to expand our staff, um, in order for us as we weren't as a church to grow. Um, and so I had to kind of transition to, um, not just the doer, but like the manager as well. So that alone was like a tough transition. Um, and so early on the way I managed people was just by loving them and caring for them. And I did that for a long time. Um, and it was very ineffective. <laughs> it did not work well. Um, and a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Adrian Crawford, like he brought up to me, we were just talking church staff, church culture, and, you know, kind of uh, looking at it and kind of saying, man, how can I, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, what, what's going on here that like, I need to change. I realize I need to change what needs to happen. Um, and he said something that was uh, it just, it clicked for me, but he said, your issue is it's, it's a discipleship issue. And so you have to view the people that you manage as disciples and you're discipling them. And so I started to, you know, change the way realizing, okay, I need to be more strict with schedules or I need to be more strict with, um, you know, the way I, uh, expect timelines for projects and things like that. Um, and that's not a unloving thing to do, but that's a discipleship thing to do, right? It's not so much where in my head at first it was, man, I'm not, I'm not caring for them enough. I'm not loving them enough. I'm not, um, you know, it's unloving for me to say, Hey, I need this done by Tuesday at noon. Right. Um, well really it's a, it's a discipleship issue. I need to teach them, man, when we have a task that's in front of us and like the Lord's called us to do it, like we need to be diligent in getting it done and getting it done well. And, and for me to say, Hey, this isn't good enough. Like we need this to be better. Like that's a discipleship issue there. So that's probably a much longer answer. And I don't know if I fully, fully like answered that, but, um, going back to an Enneagram too, like my tendency is just kind of like nurture and love people through management. Mm -hmm. And I realized my way of doing that isn't the way to get things done. I had to be more, more strict and kind of, uh, and realize that's more of a discipleship thing. Yeah. I love that. Cause I definitely, I've struggled with that too. And just trying to find the, not only just the motivation, but also just like kind of the courage to be sure. like, Hey, I need to hold you accountable because yeah. it does feel like something that's not loving or not kind. But someone once told me, like, is it really kind and loving to let someone sit in how they are yeah. and not push them to be better? Is that really loving them the best way? And I always I kind of think of that when I do have to try and hold someone accountable mm -hmm. because I want to make them better. Um, well, and, we, I, and we look at like our lives, right? Like there's moments in our life where we were challenged and we were pushed mm -hmm. and like yeah. it was uncomfortable and we didn't like it, but at the end of the day we grew from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's in some ways it's kind of realizing, Oh yeah, like I am that person for them. Like, <laughs> like we tend yeah. to not think of ourselves like that, yeah. but we are. So. Absolutely. And plus my, my dad always told me if you're in a organization, for example, and somebody is lacking they're in this organization for a reason hmm. and clearly they love it so yeah it's, it's irresponsible for you as the leader 
to have them neglect something hmm. that they said that they love. Yeah, so that's good. That's, that's always something I like to uh, refer to. Yeah. Um, with all of that, what resources did you find to help to help you out hmm. with all of this? So I think, oh, man, a couple things. One is having, this is so uncommon in our society, but having people in our lives that were, we allow to speak into it, right? Um, there are, I have to make sure, and we all have to make sure we have those men and women in our life that have the authority to speak into where we have shortcomings, right? Because we all have them, right? And so uh, Ben, Kimfer, and myself have been meeting Friday mornings for uh, since we started the church, so at least eight years, you know, and we spend a couple hours just talking life and accountability. And there's times where we call each other out and it's uncomfortable, you know, and we got to say things. But, you know, in like the example I just gave, like giving Pastor Adrian the authority to say, hey, I know I'm not succeeding in this area. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and letting him speak into that, I think um, is huge. So I think that's one. Um, I think the other thing is it's 2020 and there are, endless amounts of podcasts and books and resources that we have that we can be listening to that we can be, um, you know, reading. Um, so a couple, I'll pull up my phone, a couple that like are my go-tos, um, like Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast is like a must. It's 20 minutes a month. Um, and it's just like a gold mine. Mm -hmm. Carrie Newhoff, his leadership podcast has a ton of stuff. Um, there's a book I just started called deep work, which is a great, um, book. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's, there's tons of resources that are out there that we can constantly, we, a lot of times we think, um, mentor or things like that, that it has to be somebody that I'm physically meeting with. Mm -hmm. Um, the reality is there's not a lot of people in your life that have the time to kind of do that on a regular basis, but I can sit under Craig Rochelle for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I want to also just like appreciate you because I remember when we were meeting, you would give me those resources as well. And just having the heart to share what you're learning yeah. is so rare. And hmm. I think a lot of the time people are, they're just trying to make themselves better and they're just trying to push themselves forward. But again, you have that mentality of I'm learning. It was really awesome. I want to share it with you. Yeah. And I absolutely loved Craig Groeschel's podcast. It's amazing. Again, I would recommend it to a lot of different people. Um, but I will say what, so in your journey of growing into this leadership role, what were some of the experiences that you had? You talked a little bit about how you were loving people and trying to disciple them that way. Mm. But what are some maybe positive and negative experiences that you had that <laughs> maybe pushed you into being the leader that you are? Man, he's trying to like call me out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still learning. Uh, gosh, I'm learning a ton of different things. Um, I think one is like you got it's almost like parenting. Like my dad said this from from I don't know since we had our first son uh like every you have to parent every kid different. And actually I remember him saying that with my little brother cuz he would do, you know my parents would do things with my little I'm the oldest of 3 and so like my little brother's 5 years younger, he would get away with stuff and I'm like what are you doing? You know what I mean? Um and, but they always said, no, you got to parent different. You got to parent each kid different. And, um, 
And I didn't get that until I had kids. And now like having my kids be like, oh yeah, they are, they're pretty different. <laughs> um, and so I think managing is the same way. Every person that I manage, every person that I lead, I have to lead differently. There's some people um, that I have, I need to sit down with almost daily and be like, okay, what are we working on? What, what tasks are we doing? What things are we doing? Um, and there's other people that, man, I can say, here's what I want to get done. Here's the big picture. And they can take it and run with it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and realizing that that's okay. I can't manage every person the same. So I'd say like number one failures, I've tried to just put everybody in the same box, you know, so now having, I don't know, I this is probably bad. I probably should know how many people are on our team, but uh, let's say 10, you know, uh, eight to 10, uh, people that are on our like staff that, um, you know, I have to manage each one different. So, um, from that I've seen, but at the same time, um, realizing that there has to be clear communication, overly clear communication to the point where it's like annoying. Right. Um, and so there's, it's so easy to like, I know this needs to happen, but I just don't communicate it, you know? Um, so you, you can apply that to relationships. You can apply that to managing. You can apply it to it all, right? Um, learning to overly communicate and to, um, yeah, just manage every relationship differently. So you said that you manage each person differently. Would you say that's the biggest ad advice you would give to anybody that's trying to create that perfect hmm. balance? Hmm. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think, uh, you know, realizing, well, kind of back to what I said, like it's a discipleship thing, right? And so if you are discipling, you know, two or three different guys, right, you, each one's in a different spot. Each one's in a different level of um, their walk with Christ mm -hmm. and, and what they're learning and what they're going through. Um, and so, man, it's it's the same as like, you know, if I, if I view it like that, it's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can manage this for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I love how we've been talking about how you have this amazing leadership role in the church, but also you're an amazing husband. And I have watched your relationship with Jules since I was in middle school. Y'all were in high school. So like oh, probably a decade of watching you guys together. And it's honestly, you guys have such a beautiful, respectful and loving relationship that I absolutely admire. Um, and you do a really amazing job of being the leader and loving your wife well in that relationship. Uh, so another thing we wanted to talk about today was today's culture. There's a lot of women, even Christian women, mm. who have problems with a man being, you know, head of sure. the household. Uh, even, you know, the scripture, Ephesians 5, 22 to 23, where it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. I think that rubs a lot of women the wrong way. Mm. And, you know, DCC is actually a very young church demographically, and there's a lot of women. So how have you kind of addressed this in that church setting? First off, thank you for your compliments. It's very kind of you. Um, you know, my wife, we just celebrated 10 years of marriage um, awesome. this past December, um, which is which is fantastic. I think live life or, you know, getting us started on the right foot. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I'd say first off, like it starts in our household. So um, a lot of times, you know, people look at, you know, Ephesians 5, you know, and, and they see that wives submit to your husbands and think of this like, you know, I mean, I'm, uh, the husband is like, 
defeating the wife and like suppressing the wife or actually like you operate as a team. Right. And when uh, just like any team, like there needs to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Right. And that doesn't mean that somebody plays a lesser part just because there's somebody that's a leader. Um, so I think the other side of that is like, you know, Ephesians five twenty five says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Mm-hmm. So as a husband, my role is to love my wife to the point where I'm giving myself up to her, you know, and I'm sacrificing. Um, and so you know, for us as a household, how we operate is, you know, I mean, there, there are decisions that like, you know, we make as a team, right. And there's something that like, um, that we're constantly going to be in communication about and talking about. And there's things that there's decisions that I'm, I'm going to do what Jewel feels called to do because that's how I can love her and serve her. Um, and there's things that, we're going to do that I feel called to do because that's how she's going to honor and let me lead our family. So, um, you know, I think it's, it, you know, I love, I love this passage of scripture because it really talks about both sides submitting to one another, right. Rather than, okay. And we, we like to just take one verse out of the, out of the passage and just say, no, you submit. It's like really Christ is calling us both to lay down our lives and lay down our wills so we can do this together. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, you know, um, you know, like, like a football team, right? Just because you have a quarterback that's leader doesn't mean the running back or the offensive line or whatever it is, isn't important. Right. Um, and doesn't play a valuable role on that team. So, um, as a church, man, we, we fully believe in taking those gifts that everybody in our church has and calling them out and using them and, by no means are we perfect at this, but it's something that we're constantly striving in to say, okay, you know, Ashley, I know you have the gift of teaching. Like how can we take that gift and call it out and, and help you encourage the body and, you know, reach our community by doing that. Um, that doesn't mean you need to be the head pastor of the church, but that does also doesn't mean you can't play any role, um, here. Yeah, definitely. I was trying to think of something that he summed it up perfectly. I was actually <laughs> I was actually going to bring up the point how it's people tend to forget how when we talk about leadership, a leader knows how to fall back and let somebody else lead. So yeah. that goes in perfectly of how you were describing everything, how sometimes mm. your wife might be uh, have a stronger skill set in something so let, yeah go ahead yeah. and let her take charge it's not she a, is way smarter than me so there's a lot of things that i'm like exactly hey you go ahead you take it you know even even with my uh girlfriend there's a lot of things that I yeah you, you can take control so it's all your <laughs> your world i'm living in it yeah <laughs> but yeah you that was perfect yeah And I'll say, so just from some of the women that I've talked to, I think this biblical perspective comes from a worldly hurt Mm. where they, they don't understand that, you know, God isn't calling them to submit to someone who's going to hurt them. God's Mm. not calling them to submit to someone that's going to abuse this power. He's calling them to submit to their husbands who are following Christ. Mm. And I, I was reading this book that Andy Stanley wrote, and he was talking about how this exact kind of thing came up. And there was a, he was at a wedding and one of the bridesmaids was kind of getting on to him about, Hey, you know, why, why is God telling women to, you know, lay down all the rights? and whatever. So he kind of laid it out for her and he was like, well, let me ask you a question. 
let's say you meet a man and he is devoted to you and he adores you and he thinks that, you know, you just hung the moon and he is respectful towards you and he is kind to you and he wants to, you know, give you the world and he's really all for you. He's your biggest cheerleader and just kind of keeps describing this Christ-like man. And she goes, well, where's that guy and how can I marry him? Like, yeah, I don't have a problem following that guy. And I think that as women, we haven't experienced that kind of man sure. because yeah. we have such low standards sometimes for ourselves. And so we see the scripture and we see the these past men that we've dated and that we've been with. And we're like, well, I'm not going to submit to that kind of person. But mm. again, we're, we're being called to submit to someone who is following Christ and is trying to look like Christ. And that person will just a few verses later, God's here. The word says he is going to lay down his life for you. And that's not someone that's going to take that leadership role lightly. Exactly like you were saying how, you know, you're going to say, Jewel, yeah, you've got the right. Let's go that way. And listening to the other person. And I think when we get in that headspace where we see the actual kind of man that God wants for us as women, that's where it's like, okay, you know, I wouldn't mind submitting to that person who I know has my best interest at heart. And I yeah. also love your analogy of the football, RIP Seminoles, <laughs> fall football. No, but, it's happening, man. It's happening. We're I know. It. <laughs> I, you just got to pray. You got to hope. But I, I love that because the quarterback, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want to be a quarterback. But, you know, how often does the quarterback make the touchdown? And, you know, it's a team effort. You're not, you know, to sure. score the points, you need the team. You can't just have a quarterback on the field. So I love that analogy. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, uh, I'd say to your point too, like with, you know, women being like, well, where's that guy? You know? That is the question. Where is that guy? <laughs> we need more guys like that, you know? Um, and, you know, there's a there's such a huge pu- push in the Christian community and just society as general of just like, guys, you're not being who God's called you to be. And we need you to step up and do it, you know? Unfortunately, this is because there's a lot of dads that are missing. So a lot of examples that are, that are gone. But mm-hmm. um, I, encouragement to the women is hold strong, right? Don't compromise because you haven't had that example. Um, but just to keep doing what God's called you to do, keep pressing forward and fellas step up and, and be that example, you know, for them. So, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, being a husband and being a dad, like, you know, God tells us that's our number one ministry. Right. And it is, it's such a, like a weight of like, man, I'm called, like, even though I'm pastoring a church, like I'm called first and foremost, to like lead my family. Right. And to, uh, we talk about like, you know, the balance and the, the, the struggle there of like, man, how am I balancing home life and ministry and work and everything that's happening? Um, you know, it's a struggle, but like, we have to realize, man, the number one call I have to answer is like leading my, my home well. Mm. So, yeah, I really like that. Well, thank you, William, so much for coming on with us. I really, really appreciate you. I do think you're one of those men that absolutely is 
one of those people to look to, to be that godly example of what a good husband looks like. You're um, super kind. To say that. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not just saying it. I, I've seen you for the past decade live that way, live your life that way. And I have been in your home and I have seen you and Jewel interact. And, you know, I know it's not all, you know, rainbows and kittens, but even <laughs> in the times where you're frustrated, it's still frustration with respect and frustration with that mutual affection. So I think that that's beautiful. Sure. Um, well, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, well, one, obviously I'm thankful to have great parents that mm-hmm. have set the example yeah. and grandparents mm-hmm. that have set the example in front mm-hmm. of me, but also to the Albertson family and to, you know, I was a part of, you know, champions growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and Richard and Elizabeth and them opening their home and setting that example. And, and the more mentors we can have in our life that set that example for us, the better off we'll be. So shout out to Live Life and Richard for, for being that for me as well. And again, thank you for coming. It was nice uh, meeting you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. (laughs) um, Thanks everybody for listening. We hope you feel educated, encouraged, and empowered to thrive in whatever relationship you're in. Thank you and have a good one.